Jeff Howe. It's only an hour. Thanks to Eric Henry for co-hosting today. And now it's time for Trey and BK right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, featuring Trey Elling and Cedric Golden Jr., which is a really stupid self-appointed nickname, and I don't know why I would do that to myself. I think uh, you should go Cedric Golden Jr. Jr. By his grandkid? No, just Cedric Golden Jr. Jr. Double Jr.? Yeah. Okay. What about baby said, as Ricardo says? We do look alike. Uh, there are a lot of similarities physically between Cedric Golden and myself. That's what I always say. I've been hearing that for years, dude. That's uh, you know, some people have called me Kosher Cowherd. I'm like, no, I'm Kosher Cedric Golden. That's that's who I am. All right, Kosher Cowherd. Jeez, you should run from that one too. Yeah, yeah, I have. Believe me, I have. All right. Well, we did talk about that a lot yesterday. Uh, just in case people missed it, I was being very sarcastic. I want Quinn Ewers to come back and. Quinn Ewers, if he does return to Austin, will be this team starter in 2024, and he absolutely should be this team starter in 2024. But as you mentioned yesterday, and I saw CB bring this up on the YouTube comment line a moment ago, Texas has needed multiple quarterbacks pretty much every season in the last 25 years. So, and you talked about it yesterday, Quinn Ewers has missed time in each of the last two seasons. You don't ever want to wish injury upon anybody. You would obviously hope your starting quarterback could stay healthy for all 12, 13, 14, or 15 games that your team's going to play. But uh, we've seen around here that, yeah, you need to have two really good guys just in case something happens to QB1. So having Arch Manning with how highly touted he was out of high school with all the expectations that have been lofted on him since, I don't know, the day he was born, or really the day Cooper Manning's wife announced that she was pregnant, uh, yeah, I mean, it's great to have a guy like that waiting in the wings. That'd be an awesome one-two punch in case you needed it. And that, I think, is uh, what every Texas fan should be rooting for this offseason. Sark has finally gotten this QB room healthy, and people are looking to cut off an appendage here. It's so frustrating. It's like, yeah, you can have depth at a position and not worry that one five-star is going to leave because another five-star might be here for one more year. And I guess theoretically, Quinn Ewers could be here for two more years, but if he's here for two more years, Quinn Ewers has likely lost his job to Arch Manning. Yeah. That's what has happened at that point. So depth is important at any position, but especially quarterback and especially with your Incumbent starter missing multiple games each of the last two years and really his last three seasons of being a starting quarterback at the college or high school level has missed multiple games. So there's a good chance you're going to see Arch Manning start games. And if he's that good in the games and is outperforming Quinn Ewers up to that point in the season, then let's have that conversation. But in the meantime, just be happy that your quarterback room is as healthy as it's been it's before the Vince Young era. I don't know the last time the quarterback room was this healthy. It might be Chris Sims and Major Applewhite. Because mm. as good as Vince Young was, his backup quarterback was Chance Mock, who was all right. And Matt Nordgren was his backup quarterback, I think, one of those years. Yeah. In 2005, Matt Nordgren might have been the backup. So Chance Mock, then Matt Nordgren. You get uh, Colt McCoy after that, obviously. He didn't have... Great QBs waiting in the wings after him either. Garrett Gilbert, theoretically, but that turned out not to be the case. You could maybe say Colt McCoy, Garrett Gilbert, Colts last year, but Garrett Gilbert was a true freshman then. Arch is going to be a redshirt freshman next year. He will have logged a few games worth of snaps, I guess ends of games worth of snaps, and he will continue to show a sort of patience that I guarantee you his family has told him to exhibit. You will eventually get your time. And when you do, the longer you have to sit there and develop on the sidelines, the better off you're going to be. Peyton Manning had to, I believe he started as a freshman at Tennessee, but even if not, he started as a rookie in the NFL and he took a lot of lumps. Lumps that, quite frankly, ruin dudes and render them as hacks for the rest of their football careers. Eli Manning got to sit his first couple of years at Ole Miss before taking over as the starter. There's no one right way to go about this, but 
I believe that Arch and his family, his extended family, they see the bigger picture here, and they don't have a huge issue if Arch Manning isn't necessarily the starting quarterback as a redshirt freshman. Well, that's a good thing. Peyton Manning had that trainer to help him with those lumps that you were talking about, Trey. Well, you got to put those tea bags somewhere. Yes, you do. And I think it's funny because I saw some way too early 2024 Heisman odds. And you know who was the favorite in Vegas? Please don't tell me Arch Manning. No, Quinn Ewers. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Come on, Kirk Bowles Jr. I'm calling you that now. Kirk Bowles Jr. Jr., please. Look, I see the New York Post damn near every fucking day giving an Arch Manning update. It's like, are, are, have you people lost your fucking minds here? Yeah, they don't cover the team, this man. This much emphasis and this much attention on a guy who for most of the year has been a third-string quarterback. And uh, look, I know everybody gets that Arch Manning is on the sidelines and it was a loud pop for him when he came in in that Texas Tech game and was the most lauded two for five for however many yards and a couple of first downs picked up with his legs in the history of this program. But he was still the third string quarterback until a couple weeks ago. And he is still the backup quarterback right now too. So everybody just needs to pump the brakes. Okay. Well, you get why it's a big story nationally. So people who cover the team should realize what the situation is here, but uh, people who don't cover the team, hell, even some who do cover the team are looking for clicks. So it, it doesn't surprise me, and it's not going anywhere. I'm sorry to let you guys know. We won't be talking about it every day like some of those other outlets are, but uh, this is not something that is going to go away over the long eight months that we have in this upcoming offseason. So just brace yourselves. People need to think about the fact that the SEC is actually going to be loaded at quarterback next year. So the fact that you have a guy who is a multi-year starter and has the experience that Quinn Ewers does, including winning a conference championship, is a huge deal. Jalen Milrow, Carson Beck, the kid from Missouri that you mentioned yesterday whose name is escaping me. Jackson Dart is coming back to Ole Miss for another year. Uh, obviously, LSU is going to be reloading at quarterback, and AM, I forget if Wegman decided to transfer or not, but there are a lot of good QBs in the SEC this next year. You don't want to be behind the eight ball in that regard because that can be the difference in winning and losing a lot of the games that you're going to be playing in conference next season. Yep. Quinn Ewers has 10 days to make his NFL decision. Feels like he's leaning towards a return, but we'll uh, have the official answer at some point in about a week and a half. People have been reporting that for a couple weeks now. I truly don't know, and I don't know if he actually knows either. I'd be pretty stunned if he left. I probably would be too, but it's not like it's a foregone conclusion at this point. No, I guess until we get an official announcement, you can't ever assume anything in this weird era of college football that we're living in, but... I mean, if Quinn Ewers left right now, where would he go in the draft? Third round? Maybe second round? Probably be a second or third rounder. Yeah, he's he's, he's got some weird games on tape this year. As good as he's been at times, there have been some games where he's missed open throws, and he hasn't exactly fitted into those NFL windows. So my guess is that he ends up coming back and puts a lot of focus and, I don't know, a little bit more emphasis on where that football ends up throw to throw. I mean, we've seen some NFL level throws throughout uh, from him throughout the course of the season, but we've also seen we've also seen some of those lackadaisical throws too where the ball wasn't anywhere close to the target. Now, there are a couple of games where he's still coming back from that AC joint injury where you don't fault him as much for some of the uh, accuracy issues he was dealing with, but earlier in the season, uh there wasn't an injury issue that you could pin on him just being strangely inaccurate at times, whereas receivers were also bailing him out. I mean, A.D. Mitchell has incredible hands. Xavier Worthy, he got rid of that drops problem that plagued him through his first couple of years here. Uh, Jay Witt actually had some some drop issues earlier in the season that were disappointing. The running backs dropped balls at times, too. Unfortunately, there was a big one in that loss to Washington earlier this week. But, yeah, Quinn Ewers comes back to Texas next year. That is a huge deal for this program continuing its successes from this season it decreases the likelihood that this season was a flash in the pan agreed 100 once again heisman odds has quinn ewers as the favorite for next year's award and my guess is if quinn ewers 
decides that he wants to come back when the 2025 NFL mock drafts start coming out after, you know, the 2024 NFL draft goes down in late April. Uh, Quinn Ewers might be 1-1 on a lot of those boards because, well, people think he is going to get better, and you should think he's going to get better. He took a massive step from 22 to 23. I'd like to think he's got the ability to take another big step going into 2024, and if he can uh, play well in the toughest conference in the sport and if Texas can have another season similar to the one that they just had, then, yeah, Quinn Ewers is uh, not going to be a second or third round pick. He's going to be a top five pick in the 2025 NFL draft. So that's why I think he comes back. We will wait and see. But once again, uh, just prepare yourselves for more Arch Manning articles coming out from not only the national folk, we thought that'd be just a national thing, but even uh, even the local beat writers and analysts who cover this team are uh, making that a big storyline as well. All right, Trey. Uh, some Texas football news that we do know. No speculation here. Trill Carter, the defensive tackle, has entered the transfer portal. Oh, played geez, close, really? Yeah, played close to 250 snaps. Obviously didn't start. You had T. Sweat and Byron Murphy as your two starting D tackles, but he was a big part of that interior defensive line rotation. Uh, transferred in from Minnesota, spent just one year in Austin, but I think Inside Texas had the first report, and it's been confirmed by a couple of other outlets at this point that uh, Trill Carter is in the portal. So, yeah, this Texas D-line, Trey, is losing three of its, I don't know, top four or five guys. Obviously, the top two are gone. We've known that. But uh, Trill Carter, once again, a decent part of this DT rotation this year. He is also taking his talents somewhere else. Best of luck to Trill Carter. I'm a little bit surprised by that, but maybe less so when I'm reading reports from inside Texas that Sadir Mitchell has really impressed people this season, even though he hasn't really seen the field, they believe that he is a guy who's going to explode onto the scene next year. At one of those interior positions, Vernon Broughton is obviously coming back too. you have Alex January coming from the high school ranks, obviously Colin Simmons, but he plays more edge rusher than anything else. Uh, but yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. I thought there was, there would be a great opportunity for Trill Carter here to really uh, step up and not serve in the exact role that's, uh, that you obviously got out of uh, both, why am I forgetting their names? Byron Murphy and Devondre Set. Good God, I'm uh, having a stroke on air right now. But uh, yeah, best of luck to him wherever else he's going. Can't worry too much about that. This is a position that has great depth, even losing some of the guys that they are losing, either to the NFL draft or the transfer portal. Yeah, and my guess is Trill Carter wants to play somewhere where he can be guaranteed a starting spot. And I don't know if that's the case. You didn't even mention Alfred Collins there. Like I think sure. Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton are your two likely starters at D tackle. And yeah, I mean, Jeray Bledsoe, I think another name to maybe look out for. And obviously Aaron Bryant, who was a redshirt freshman on this year's team. Like maybe this is Trill Carter saying that now these young dudes who might not have played a whole lot this season, uh, they got a little juice to their games and they could take a big step and maybe leap him on the depth chart in 2024. So, yeah, look, it's going to be tough to replace the top two guys. That goes without saying. You're talking about the two highest-rated interior D linemen in the nation. I know I've said that a 100 times, but it's still worth bringing up. Those guys were freaking awesome, and they will be severely missed. But Steve Sarkeesian and his coaching staff has recruited very well at D-tackle over the years. They still have a couple of fifth-year guys coming back with Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton, so you've got some experience there and there's some talented young cats too. And hopefully Bo Davis sticks around. We touched on that a little bit yesterday. Like that that would be as big of a loss as any for Texas if Bo Davis decides to go to LSU to be their defensive line coach. That would suck. Uh, as long as Bo Davis is here, though, I feel great about the development of those young guys. Even if Davis leaves, I'm sure Texas would bring in somebody with some skins on the wall. But uh, hopefully Bo Davis sticks around. And then, yeah, you think about some of the names that both of us mentioned, and you feel like Texas is not going to have some major, major drop-off in production at D-tackle. Yeah, hopefully not. Bo Davis staying is a big deal. You're right about that, especially with Choate already leaving to take the Nevada head coaching gig, and you are weak with your defensive backs coaches right now. There's no other way to put that. We've seen these problems manifest themselves over the last couple of years with Terry Joseph and Blake Gideon in charge of things. And I wouldn't be surprised if one or both guys is looking for a new gig here in the next couple of weeks. 
especially because of National Signing Day 1, uh, that allows you to make coaching changes a little bit easier in January and not suffer with regards to how you finish off your recruiting class. But it's interesting to uh, look through inside Texas right now to see uh, certain guys who may be sticking around or leaving. I guess they reported earlier today that A.D. Mitchell is going to declare to go to the NFL draft. No surprise there. How about this one, though? This would be a little bit of a surprise. Another player expected to enter the NFL draft is Keaton Crawford. Okay. To get drafted or catch on as a UDFA as a special teamer. Maybe as a special teamer. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. It's not getting drafted by anybody. No, special teamers don't get drafted. Or when they do, it's once in a blue moon. And I don't think Keaton Crawford is getting drafted if he goes. So sources believe Jaron Thompson is going to be looking for a fresh start by entering the portal. That's not too surprising. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Watts will likely stay with the stipulation that he's open to playing safety. I love that. How about this, though, with regards to the linebacker position? Linebacker could be a big question mark next year. It could be what this year's DB's uh, group was, that could be linebacker next year because Jalen Ford's already gone. And how about this now? We've heard David Benda wants to stay, but there's also some talk of him following Choate to Nevada. It's tricky to read the situation because there's been some speculation Maurice Blackwell will enter the portal in search of more playing time. Hmm. be interesting to see how this dynamic plays out. Yeah, David Benda going to Nevada would not make a lot of sense for him for me now his life his choice he can do what he wants and clearly he thinks highly of jeff choate if uh that's a decision he's thinking about making but that if a guy has intentions of playing on sundays that feels like a step in the wrong direction going from texas to nevada uh and i i have faith that texas is going to bring in a linebackers coach jeff choate did a great job here but i've got faith that sark's going to find somebody who can do pretty close to as good of a job as Choate did or more importantly maybe Pete Kwiatkowski brings somebody in because remember Choate was I think the only defensive assistant who's uh, technically a position coach on the staff that was a PK guy oh Davis hired beforehand Joseph and Gideon I believe were hired beforehand as well and that just speaks to how great Pete Kwiatkowski has been here that he had a, a bunch of position coaches that he had zero experience or familiarity with that he was able to get things to jive as well as he has over the last three seasons now. I've got to go back to something you said uh, a couple of moments ago. You said Terry Joseph and Blake Gideon could be looking for new jobs at some point. You think there's a chance that either or both of those guys gets fired? I, I Yeah, absolutely. Really? There's a chance. I, I'm, I'm not hearing anything behind the scenes, but – Fuck, has anybody else watched these defensive backs over the last three years now? I mean, I've been a glaring weakness for this team. Guys have not developed like they've needed to. A group looked completely unprepared against Washington a few days ago. Yeah, I think one or both of those guys should be sweating their future right now because when you strive for greatness, you got to be willing to trim the fat. And one or both those guys... Hugh the Gundy is fat right now. Mm. And there are also mm. some players that are considered fat too. He's fat. There you go. Um, yeah, I'd be surprised if Sark let either of those guys go. I think well, there are some pointing then because Sark has been really good at self-evaluation and seeing where changes are necessary, but he also is a very loyal person too. It's why if Quinn Ewers does come back, Yeah, theoretically, there's a competition, but Quinn is his guy. And he has shown throughout not just his time at Texas, but also his coaching career that he he is hard-pressed to make a change at that position. I would assume the same thing exists within the coaching ranks, too, in part because he gets how important continuity is from year to year. Remember, we went through a stretch here at Texas where it's like we were replacing a coordinator every offseason. Right. Sometimes, like, replacing a guy who had gotten there the previous offseason too. That's not good for the program. But when you give a guy or guys enough time to show that they are really good position coaches and they can coordinate the passing game, defense, like I believe is Terry Joseph's job, or make sure that these guys are getting better game in, game out, year in, year out, and that's not happening, well, the obvious answer there to make things better 
is to cut the common denominator. Players come and go every four or five years. The coaches get to keep their jobs until they decide to go someplace else or you ask them to go someplace else. Yeah, I have a tough time thinking that Stark's going to make any unnecessary changes to his coaching staff. Like He's got to make one, obviously, because somebody left on his own accord, so Sark's got to do something. But after the best year he's ever had as a head coach, after the best year Texas has had as a team since 2009, I I have a tough time thinking Sark's going to do something to to shake things up like You're that. You're probably right about that, but if you have the opportunity to go get Corey Raymond, who is no longer a part of the Florida staff, don't you jump at that? Um. I'd consider it. I mean, I'm not completely against it. I, I can't argue against the fact that the Texas secondary has been the weak link for this team, and it clearly was this year, and it is clearly what cost them on Monday night. So uh, I've not been blown away by the job that either Terry Joseph or Blake Gideon has done here. Um, so, no, I mean, I, I would look into it, but I just I don't think Sark's going to. Now, look, he did fire a coach. He fired uh, – what's his face? The wide receivers coach, Andre Coleman, after his first year. Mm. And that turned out to be the right move. Brennan Marion came in here for a year. He left on his own accord. And then, uh, obviously, Chris Jackson was brought in, who did a phenomenal job this season. Uh, so, look, Sark has made a move before. You talk about the loyalty. He has made a move where he's fired somebody on his coaching staff to replace him with somebody better. And Sark did talk a couple of weeks ago about not being complacent, right? Like, you can't just stop working because you're here you've got to make sure you work even harder to get back to a spot like that so maybe there's some tea leaves there but i would i would be stunned stunned if either of those guys loses their job now if we're having these I same conversations the next two to three weeks then because i because there needs to be a change there both of them probably you worried about you worried about any of the guys you just brought in leaving because he brought in a pretty damn good DB class, and he also brought in a great impact transfer, too, at, at safety. You're not worried about that potentially causing some shockwaves? No. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I don't think you're alone with that take, and I'm, like, dipping my toe into the water of your pool with that one. Boy, that sounds homosexual. Uh, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Sark's going to do anything. Well, we did just share a bet at an Airbnb in New Orleans, so that, a lot better than that. That did not happen. Okay. Share, shared a place. You might have dreamed that we shared a bed there, but did not happen. You don't remember that uh, New Year's Eve into New Year's Day, do you? Uh, yeah, I do. I didn't, I didn't have the greatest one of those days, but I know it wasn't with you, so that made it okay. It's a good start to the year. You were asleep by 11 o'clock that day, weren't you? Yeah, but I woke up at 4 in the morning and came and cuddled up with you for a couple of hours. I wasn't at the place at 4 in the morning. Well, shit. <laughs> Thank you very wait, much. Wait, hold on a second. Where where were you until all hours of the night? Can't tell you that. Mm. Yeah. Some things can be said. Some things but can't not be said. Out. Mm, not, not out. Not out. Street, I guess is the... The, uh, the the better way to say that. No, I was confined. There were there were walls around me where I was. That's all I can say. Know that piece of fruit did not cloud my memory, Stephen. Piece of fruit? I was saying you, I ate that mandarin orange or whatever the day after the game because I was so depressed that Texas lost that I was eating fruit. Not an innuendo for those keeping track at home. All right. There's some Texas football conversation for the people. We've got some NFL we got to talk about. Huge games for the Cowboys and Texans. Both teams have chances to win their divisions in the last weekend of the NFL regular season. We have our picks to make. And, of course, where are we at in society? All that coming up within the last 25 minutes of the show. But, Trey, we got to give some final shout-outs to uh, some of our great travel partners uh, regardless of what did or did not happen in New Orleans, we were there in New Orleans, and we were there thanks to all of the people that you see on your screen and all of the folks that uh, you've heard us talk about for the last couple of weeks. That's right. I'm going to direct you towards – there you go. That 
Charlie ah, Strong is covering it now. Charlie Strong Just finger banging my own name, trying to point you to Hummel Realtor. There you go. BK's got it. He's on the right side of that one. My buddy Brian Hummel, HummelRealtor.com. That is the website. Are you searching for your dream home in Austin? Or maybe you're curious about how much your home is worth. Look no further than Brian Hummel, your trusted Austin Realtor with Realty One Group Prosper. Brian is more than just a realtor. He's a full-service expert overseeing your entire transaction from start to finish. He'll lead you through each step of the buying or selling process, with questions answered, and details explained in plain English. With over two decades in Austin, Brian has witnessed the dynamic growth and evolution of the Central Texas market, making him your invaluable resource for buying, selling, and investing. Plus, as a certified real estate negotiator, Brian brings a strategic and skillful approach to bargaining. I mean, securing the best deals, whether it's getting that highest price for a seller or the most favorable terms for a buyer. When you choose Brian Hummel as your realtor, you're not just hiring a real estate expert. You're gaining a trusted partner committed to your success. The Austin housing market, it cooled off over the last year or so, but all signs are pointing to things heating back up. There are more houses on the market now at the start of the year than any time. It's a great time, whether you're a buyer or seller. If you're one of those two things, contact Brian today. 512-619-1347. That's 619-1347. Or go to his website, HummelRealtor.com. That's H-U-M-M-E-L, Realtor.com. Brian Hummel, Realty One, the one you need. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Brian. Shout out to Covert B Cave as well. Thanks again to them for letting us uh, borrow that loaner car to get to and from New Orleans. Covert B Cave has been a proud sponsor of Texas Sports Unfiltered since we started Texas Sports Unfiltered. Can't thank them enough for their continued support. Uh, speaking of day ones, how about our guy Tom McKay over at Audiovisual Consultations? If you are looking to spruce up your home TV setup, you've got to call our guy Tom, 512-255-8678. Great dude, hilarious dude. Uh, most importantly, though, he's going to give you the TV setup that you've always wanted in the comfort of your home. 255-8678 is the number. And, yeah, thanks to everybody. Altstad Beer. Uh, Hoops ATX, Cover 3, More Clean, Sue Patrick did a couple of shows out there over the last few weeks. Always love seeing them. Good Stock by Nolan Ryan, that great butcher shop up there off 79. Domino's, I can almost guarantee there will be Domino's consumed in this apartment this weekend. Hat Creek Burger Company, I can almost guarantee there's going to be some Hat Creek Burgers consumed in this apartment this weekend. Lake Cliff Golf Club, Texas Orthopedics, Hayes City Store, Leaf Landscape Supply, More Clean, uh, I could spend hours talking about all of these great companies. We love them. Seriously. Like these guys are not only great companies, but they're great friends as well. And, uh, we support them and we hope you do as well. And we can't thank them enough for them supporting us at Texas sports Unfiltered. We'll be talking a little bit more about pest wranglers here in a bit because they do sponsor where are we at in society, but love our guy, Steve, AKA Cooter pest wranglers. Also, Ike, he was a late addition, uh, from the Domino's family. And uh, he did it out of the good of just wanting to spread the great things Domino's has going on right now, BK. You mentioned that you guys are going to have Domino's and in, in, uh, or you are going to have Domino's in your apartment, not you guys. You live by yourself. Uh, we may be having Domino's at our place this weekend too because my family wants to try that new pepperoni stuff, cheesy bread. Found out last my- night that my daughter, who went full communist and shunned pepperoni for the last couple of years, has come around on pepperoni now. What was wrong with her? You should once again, huh? You should have grounded her until she liked pepperoni again. I, yeah, I should have damn parental mistake on my part, but she's come back around now, thankfully. So we as a family can enjoy that new pepperoni stuffed cheesy bread. It's a damn parenting mistake. It's the great John L. Smith once said during a halftime interview. I think I got that right. I need to make that a drop. The dang coaching mistake. Forgot about that one. Good one. It's an old station classic. All right, Trey, before we uh, get to our picks here, let's uh, take a little bit of a deeper dive into the two Texas NFL games because there's a lot on the line. We'll start with tomorrow night, primetime, Saturday night, standalone game, the Houston Texans in Indianapolis to take on the Colts. The winner is in the playoffs. The loser is out. But wait, there's more. The winner could win the division. If the Jags lose to Tennessee on Sunday – and the Jags are likely without Trevor Lawrence in that game against the Titans, then whoever wins tomorrow night will win the AFC South and get the host a playoff game. So uh, to say there's a lot on the line tomorrow would be an understatement. 
Trey, the Texans got their asses, asses. What? What body part did I just say? They got their asses kicked by the Colts way back in September. It was Anthony Richardson, though, starting for Indy. It's been a long time since that guy has played. Uh, this time around, obviously, in Indianapolis, a lot more on the line. The Texans looking for some revenge. Houston actually a one-and-a-half-point favorite in Indy. Uh, your thoughts on the Texans' chances to go from the laughing stock of the league to the postseason in year one of D'Amico Ryans? It's freaking wild, man. It's incredible the turnaround that he's had. You felt great about their hiring of D'Amico Ryan's last offseason. I thought it was a good hire, too. I didn't think that it would manifest to, to this level of success this quickly, though, which is a testament to D'Amico, and it's also a testament to C.J. Stroud and his ability to really hit the ground running. Obviously, uh, they've crushed it at wide receiver with guys like Tank Dell from Houston. Nico Collins, of course, has developed into a really nice wideout. Also, and I think the offensive line did a great job for them too. And they got healthier throughout the course of the season defensively, which has allowed them to stay in and win some games. It has them to a point where they may be playing for a divisional title right now. Yeah, they're pretty banged up going into this one, unfortunately. Now they've got the most important guy, and that's CJ Stroud. And you're right, D'Amico, he's my coach of the year. I think Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland is going to win it, but D'Amico would have my vote regardless of how tomorrow shakes out. But definitely if the Texans win and make the playoffs. D'Amico should absolutely win that thing. He's been great, but C.J. Stroud is like, he's he's the reason the Texans are here right now. They've got him, but Tank Dell's obviously out. Noah Brown has been ruled out for this game. And then on defense, John Grenard, who leads the Texans in sacks with 12 and a half, having a great year. Uh, he has also been ruled out for tomorrow night's game. So just some important cogs. For the Texans won't be there. They've got the most important guy, which is great. They also have Laramie Tunsil back. He did not play in the uh, early season matchup between these two teams, and the Colts had six sacks in that one. Texans do have their best offensive lineman back, but, man, they are shorthanded. And for the Colts, I don't think the Colts are very good. Like, they've had a great year. The fact that they're in this spot, you talk about Coach of the Year candidates, Shane Steichen should be one. They haven't seen a team starting quarterback since – two days after Thanksgiving wow. and they saw Baker Mayfield and they've lost, like they've lost in that spin. They got boat raised by the Falcons two weeks ago. So they've been better at home. And obviously this game's in Indy, but I, I just think even though the Texans are shorthanded as they are, that they are the better side here. I, I do see why they are favored to win this game. And it's amazing what a difference 365 days makes because these two teams played in week 18 last year in Indy and the Texans were mad that they won. Right, it cost them the number one pick in the draft. Right. Here they are this time around, and well, winners in the playoffs instead of uh, both teams picking in the top five. Uh, Cowboys Commanders Sunday. Dallas a thirteen point favorite. We'll get to our pick in this one momentarily, but uh, Trey, there are reports that Washington might bench its players because they want to lose so they can get wow. the number two pick in the draft. Ron Rivera is probably getting fired. I don't know how much he wants to rest guys in his last game. I feel like he'd like to win on his way out, but any fear for the Cowboys here or is this smooth sailing to a division title? It's smooth sailing, right? Right. Got, gotta be. It's, no, the Cowboys are not losing this game. They are winning the division tomorrow on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I know they haven't been great on the road this year, but this ain't playing Miami or Buffalo on the road. This is playing the communists on the road. Jacoby Brissett is the starting QB. Is it Brissett or is it Sam Howell? Who's who's the guy now? Oh, I don't know. Did they go back to Sam Howell? I, I can't say I don't care because I really do care about this game, and it means a lot, but I, I don't know how much of a difference it will make. You're right. It probably doesn't make that big of a difference. I, I'm having a hard time finding injury reports here. I need to get better injury reports because I don't have a – I do not have a subscription to Pro Football Doc anymore, apparently. Hmm. Tough way to find out mid-show. Yeah, I know. When you're looking, when you're looking something up. Very unprofessional of me. Uh, it's all right. This whole thing is pretty unprofessional. That's fair. Yeah, yeah it, it won't matter. It, it won't matter. And I know the Cowboys uh, are known to choke in January, but it ain't the playoffs yet. They'll, they'll take care of business. 13 to 14, that's a lot of points. I'd probably advise your cousins to stay away 
but uh, look, nobody repeats as division champs. If the Cowboys had won the NFC East last year and they were in this spot, I would say Washington's going to somehow, some way win. But Philadelphia, they gave this thing away. They've lost four or five. No one wants to repeat as division champs. Dallas is going to get this done. Yeah. Just like that. Even though the game is on the road, Dallas is still going to get this done. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Now we get to our picks here. And I guess we can start with, uh, we'll start with those two. We'll go Texans first. And by the way, we reset our season long pick em contest. I already conceded the first time around. So uh, I've got to dress up as a Texas super fan and sit on the OU half of the Cotton Bowl next season. Uh, I've already given up there. We restarted our picks last week and I'm up one right now. Stop the fucking count, please. Uh, six games against the spread. We've got one college game left to pick. Unfortunately, Texas isn't in it and five NFL games. And this will continue through the uh, Super Bowl. So we still have, uh, you know, a little more than a month left in this new season long pick them contest. But Trey, I did fade myself last week. So I am fading myself this week since I did go up a game by doing that. Can uh, I make a suggestion on what the stakes are for this short season competition between you and me? Sure. We do the chest waxing bit again oh. on the air. <laughs> and even so now we're, we're doing the show via zoom, of course. So it'll just be some mobile chest waxing person. We may have to hit up Christy to get her friend again, comes to either your or my place and is waxing one of our chests during a show. Mm. You think I can grow chest hair? I've seen your bare chest before. I know that you have some hair there. Not sure. There's like two or three on there. So maybe I should say yes to this because it won't hurt me nearly as bad as it'll hurt you. You really not have any chest hair? Yeah, I do. Some. Okay. Some. Two or three hairs. I think there's more than that. Yeah, I'm rounding down a lot. All right. Yeah, okay. I'm 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 interested. I'm interested. I don't know if I'm ready to make a declaration of that as our second punishment, but the leader in the clubhouse. Thank you. Leader in the clubhouse. That's what I was looking for there. Uh, no a-hole bleaching this time around, DJ. Sorry about that. Texans Colts, Trey. I will give you the honors. Houston, a one-and-a-half point favorite tomorrow night. Winner in the playoffs. I think Indy wins the game tomorrow, so give me the Colts. Okay. We're on the same side because I think the Texans win, but I'm fading myself, so I will also take Indy plus one and a half. Uh, Cowboys commanders, Dallas minus 13 as of right now. I guess I go first here. You do. Uh, you know what? I, I, I did say I'm not going to bet on this. My cousin's not going to bet on this, but if I had to pick a side, I would actually pick the Cowboys to take care of business. So... As I am fading myself, I will be taking the Washington Commanders. Yes! Taking the Cowboys. They are going right. to beat Washington by, I don't know, 28-plus. Okay, I did fade myself with Cowboys last week, and it worked for me. So we'll see you if You got so freaking lucky last week. Yeah, Lions are a bunch of cheating assholes. Uh, Jags-Titans. Game might not seem too attractive, but once again, AFC South on the line. If the Jags win, they win the division. If they lose, they don't. CJ Bethard in Nashville, Jags minus three and a half, Trey. I think the Titans win this game, so I guess the Titans cover the three and a half. Whether or not they win, they cover the three and a half. We're on opposite sides because I, I – think the titans win also which means i'm picking the jags i don't know how like the jags look good last week with bethard but they, they've been bad with lawrence yeah i don't i don't like betting on them without lawrence either uh with that air conditioner joint sprain that he's dealing with mm-hmm. i will go jacksonville for the sake of our picks bears at packers why does this game matter well if green bay wins they're the seventh seed if they lose they are not a seed they'd be out of the playoffs chicago Somehow, they've won four of their last five. They've actually won seven games this year, playing some decent football as of late. Here goes Justin Fields, trying to convince people that he's actually a good quarterback again, and it might work again. Uh, Bears plus three at Green Bay. I just I feel like the Cowboys and Packers are 
bound to play in the playoffs, and I'm going to be scared shitless even though Aaron Rodgers isn't there when that matchup actually does happen. So I'll take Green Bay. I don't ever bet on Chicago, which means I'm betting on Chicago plus three. Ah, damn it. You and I are on the same side here. I think the Bears do win this game. I've watched the Bears closely all year because I had both Justin Fields and DJ Moore on my fantasy teams. The Bears would be a playoff team if Justin Fields hadn't hurt his thumb. He is a better quarterback than a lot of people give him credit for. I understand the Bears are likely going to trade him away this offseason to take Caleb Williams number one overall. Whoever gets him is getting a guy who has a lot of upside as an NFL quarterback going forward. And I do think that the I think that he and uh, his teammates show that one more time by doing something that very rarely happens. You said this game is in Lambeau, correct? Yep. Yeah, that's by beating the Packers in Lambeau. They barely beat the Packers in Chicago, let alone in Lambeau. Yeah, I think the Bears will keep Justin Fields, actually. And I think think they'll regret it for a long time. Uh, Sunday night game, a lot on the line here. Buffalo at Miami. Winner wins the division. If the Bills lose, they could be out of the playoffs altogether. Buffalo a a two-and-a-half points road favorite. Trey, you've got the honor here. Road? Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I guess the one seed is no longer a possibility. Yeah, give give me the Bills to cover that one, actually. I think the Bills need this game more than the Dolphins do, so I think Buffalo does win. We're on opposite sides here because I also think Buffalo wins and covers, which means I am picking the Dolphins since I'm fading myself. So we've got three different ones so far. Now we go to the one college game. Are you going to watch on Monday? Yes, because I... Really do like this Washington team, despite the fact that they knocked Texas out. Love watching Penix play. I know people say this, but I really have enjoyed watching him going back to his Indiana days. And we what we saw on Monday night in person, I don't know if I'll ever see a throwing performance like that again. It was that impressive. Even Kevin admitted it yesterday, and Kevin's watched a lot more football than I have. He can't remember many games where a quarterback has looked better than Michael Penix did against Texas on Monday night. Yeah, he had the ball in a string and was just putting it wherever he wanted to. Uh, Michigan minus four and a half in that national championship game down in Houston. Uh, I got a hunch we're going to be on the same side of this because I I think Michigan's going to win and I think they're going to cover, um, which means I'm taking Washington. And my (sighs) guess is you are picking Washington as well. I am. You're picking Washington outright? Yeah, I think they will win the game. Okay. So we've got three different picks. Trey's on the Cowboys. I'm on the Commanders. Trey's on the Titans. I'm on the Jags. Trey's on the Bills. I am on the Dolphins in that uh, final regular season game in the NFL on Sunday night. And we're technically on different sides of the national title game, but because I'm a dumbass and I don't know how to do this, I'm betting against myself and somehow that works. Yeah, we would have four different games this week if you weren't if you weren't hedging yourself, which hey, look, that strategy has worked through one week. So keep it up. Yeah, I'm up one through one week. A minor miracle right there. All right, we've got a few minutes left in a Friday program, which means it's time for where we at in society. Do we want to go live or recorded spot today, Trey? Let's go recorded here. Let's go record it if I can find it. Here we go. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512 670 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Where are we at in society today? That's right. It is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism that has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. But sadly, today is not that day. And I have a smile on my face, BK, because we are getting an update from Toco today. Yes. There he goes, the one and only Toko. Oh, hello to you too, Toko, or goodbye, whatever you're trying to wave at us there. Oh, man, this is I have awesome. to screen share for this one because Toko decided to go through a doggy agility course 
the Japanese man who is dressed like a collie in a $14,000 collie costume because that's how bad this wackadoo wants to be a dog. Well, they decided to show off their skills as a dog with a doggy agility course, and we do have the video of that. Can you see this? Uh, I can see it, yes. All right, so we're just going to provide commentary throughout because this whole video is five minutes long. There's no. Toko. What's up, hey, Toko? Hey, Toko, good boy. Toko waving again. Most dogs can only shake. Toko can literally lift his paw up and wave at you. That's a good boy, Toko. Oh, Toko's. Oh, my God. There were other dogs here, you sicko. That dog is. These things tries to hump. <laughs> Look at how Toko is moving. <laughs> it is a man in a dog costume, and that is evident when you see Toko walk. <laughs> dog is terrible. <laughs> this dog is ready to go after Toko. That's oh, Shepard. Now here we go, Toko. Oh my gosh, look at all these different things. Toko is going to have to jump that, run up a ramp. No doubt Toko is going to fall off that ramp. I am pretty certain of that. How Toko sore. jumping up. Oh, no, Toko, <laughs> that does not work. You are a human in a dog costume after all. Real dogs can clear that. Easily. That you are a crazy person. Easily. I mean, that was like a bar six inches off the ground, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, this, this guy's ruining his bid here. Oh, uh, never... oh. The fact that, that this guy has to move this slowly in the dog costume is shameful. You should be able to run by this point with how long you've owned this thing for. I agree. Sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's halfway over that one. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on, Toko. Dude, get this What's man. Going on here? Get this man in the Westminster dog show stat. This guy. There is no way this is going to work. That <laughs> dude in the dog costumes way too fat for this thing. Dogs move much quicker through this. He almost got his ass stuck in the first one. Do they have a worst in show at the dog show every year? That's what this is. I'm fast forwarding a little bit now. This is excruciating. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Now Toko is terrorizing this poor dog who's at this doggy agility clinic. This dog either wants to, to hump or fight Toko or both. <laughs> that dog wants no part of humping Toko, dude. That dog is scared. Look, they're having to go run the dog down to get him back close to Toko. Exactly. Toko's trying to give this dog a kiss. The dog is ready. I mean, the, this guy's going to be lucky if this dog doesn't bite this freaking dog costume right in the face, you know? It feels like animal abuse to that other dog. Yes, it does. All right, let's get to Toko trying to go up that ramp right there. <laughs> oh, boy. Please fall. There's no way. I don't typically root for the pain and suffering of other humans, but I'm rooting for it here. I want oh. Toko to fall you off this. You don't love Toko? Come on. Oh, I, I am amused by Toko. Look at this. How, you just fast-forwarded 30 seconds and he had... Oh, down he goes. Yeah, because Toko was just staying there at the bottom of it. He wasn't even making the effort to go up. Yeah, he fast-forwarded 30 seconds and he had moved zero inches. And then he just completely fell down. And t- Boy, this is... Another failed hurdle. Can somebody take this dog costume away from this guy? I think it's like... It needs to be uh, an unwritten or maybe a written rule that if you're going to dress like this psychopath is, that you need to be a little bit better at acting like a dog. You got it right. And he's had this costume for a long time. You would think he'd be a little bit more fleet of foot in this thing. I mean, he, he oh no, down he goes. <laughs> Why does he always fall? Oh, oh, what's he saying? <laughs> Get me the fuck out of here. It's his only move. The spirit of that dog, uh, the spirit of that costumed dog is begging to get away from this wackadoo human who insists on dressing like a freaking border collie. What does that that sign say? Help me. Yeah. I don't know what that says, but yeah, there you go. When does Taco get neutered? Ooh. Yeah, the the, the human should, should not be allowed to procreate. That's for sure. No, well, I don't think we don't have, we have to worry about any of that. That's true. There's no person on this planet who's going to uh, to try and tap that. Not even an Aggie would be interested in that. I think there might be some Aggies that are interested in it. In human form or in dog form? 
Probably dog, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if it's a normal fornication process with the dog costume and no dog. Wow, Toko. That's the gift that keeps on giving, really. I mean, I, I, I was worried that we were going to lose some things going into 2024. I was a little fearful that uh, Toko would be left behind in 23, but fear not. Toko has uh, made it with us for another year. We are grateful for that. What's up, Zay? What's up, fellas? How y'all living? Doing good. He's going to need an extra five. That's cool. We'll, uh, we're happy to hang out in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, yo, Trey, how'd the Marlon Wayne's interview go? I got to check that out. Oh, it went really well. He was very introspective. He is... He's a lot smarter and more talented than I think a lot of people realize. Obviously, everybody relates him to the Wayans family, which is one of the funniest families in the history of comedy. But he grew up as an actor. Like, he was a trained actor growing up. So when he started doing things like, what was the Tupac movie? Above the Rim and Requiem for a Dream. Like, people, myself included, were surprised by that. But if you knew where he'd come from, you wouldn't have been. And so now... Literally in the last 10 to 12 years, he started to do more stand-up comedy. And despite the fact that he's only been at it for a little bit more than a decade, he already has three really good specials out. His most recent one was on Max. It was all about the Chris Rock, Will Smith slap at the 2022 Oscars and his connection to all of that because he knew both those guys and then also Jada really well. It's a great special. He's already got another one in the can about losing both of his parents in the last year or so. And the material that he's going to be performing tonight and tomorrow at Cap City Comedy Club is apparently a brand new hour, too. That guy's mind works really fast, and that was on display during our conversation. It was the second time we spoke, and the first conversation was really good, too. But I uh, highly recommend people check it out. It's uh, a side of Marlon Wayans that you may be unfamiliar with. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. I mean, Marlon, I thought he was always underrated yeah. in the comedy world. And just because Damon and Keenan Ivory and Sean and the rest of his brothers, you know, got so much love in the early 90s. And then when Wayne's Bros came along with John Weatherspoon and stuff like that, like that's a classic sitcom. And, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you've seen all this Cat Williams shit that's been going around. His interview with Shannon Sharp is just, starting 2024 off right i mean that dude's one of the pettiest dudes i've ever seen get on camera and he's exposing guys he's calling out steve harvey and cedric the entertainer talking about cedric entertainer stealing his jokes and shit he's calling out chris if you watch both bits cedric the entertainer did steal that bit though yeah i mean he took a flamethrower to the entire entertainment world. I got caught in a uh, a uh, the rabbit hole of Cat Williams clips from that interview two nights ago. I just need to go back and watch the entire thing because I guarantee you there's clips that I haven't even seen the light of day just yet. Yeah, because I thought he was on crack too. Like Kevin Hart went on The Breakfast Club a few years ago with Tiffany Haddish and yeah. Cat's been – just dragging Kevin Hart's name through the mug for the last few years or so. And they asked Kevin Hart about it and he went off. He was like, yo, Kat, I know your reputation around this industry, bro. Like you'll get called for different assignments and he'll be a no show or he'll show up late or he'll show up just, you know, under the influence of whatever. And Kevin Hart really went at him. And Cat Williams comes on Shannon Sharp and says, no, I only smoke the chronic. (laughs) That's all I've ever smoked. I'm just kind of crazy. You know, that's what I took from it. So I don't know who to believe, but can we all just get along? Y'all know I love my petty, but I don't know. There's When I see a lot of my favorite comics going at one another, it's kind of like with rap beefs when you see a couple of your favorite rappers just don't like each other. It's like, all right, let's – come on, guys. We're better than this, aren't we? I will say this, that there was something said about Rogan in that interview. I think Shannon Shark asked him about not being on Rogan. I've heard Rogan repeatedly over the years talk about how Cat Williams is one of the all-time underrated stand-up comics, and I guess he's responded since then, saying he wants to get Cat on his show. Like it, it wasn't a matter of him not respecting or not wanting to talk to Cat. I mean, he he has he has shown nothing but love to Cat Williams. BK and I spoke with Cat Williams 
with the old radio show several years ago. I don't even remember what we talked about. I just recall that we were helping him to promote a stand his stand up tour that was coming through the H E B Center, I believe, at the time. Yeah. But uh yeah, Cat clearly is uh is at a point where he gives zero fucks about what anybody thinks about him in entertainment. Zay, did you watch the sitcom Atlanta, the Donald Glover sitcom? I did. I didn't see the last couple of seasons, but yeah, I've seen the first two. Okay, I have not watched that show yet. I need to, especially after going and watching Cat Williams' cameo. I think it was in season one, maybe, that actually got him an Emmy Award where he played the alligator man. Right. (laughs) It's insane. It is hilarious, and I think it's a great representation of why, uh, why so many people love that show. There's just a brilliance to it there, and that is, he's hilarious, but he's also a really good actor in that moment, too. Yeah. BK, you remember anything from when y'all interviewed Cat Williams a few years ago? Mm, no. Uh, I remember he was baked, I think. <laughs> Probably. It was, it was a long conversation. I, I feel like I remember him not having a ton of energy at the start and then, like, us kind of gradually getting more and more out of him, but... We got a lot. I mean, he talked about just kind of his upbringing and how he got into stand up and we got into some family shit. And he didn't go, you know, full roast of the entire industry like he did with uh, Shannon Sharp the other day. But now nah, it was uh, it was good. I might go back and, and find that and, and post it somewhere. It says a yeah. blast from the past. But I've not I've not seen the Shannon Sharp interview. Trey, you brought it up on the show earlier this week and. I've heard just about everybody bring it up at some point, and I, I have not seen this thing start to finish. So that might be uh, my homework for the weekend to, to see everything that uh, Two T's Williams said in that conversation. There, it's, it's two and a half hours, so it's a pretty big time commitment. I'm co- probably going to be watching it on one and a half speed, but I feel like if I'm able to do that, I will uh, not have regretted it afterwards. So it's funny you say that he was baked BK because the dude literally tells Shannon Sharp that he has a female blunt roller that does about 20 a day for him. Like yeah, he smokes I mean, 20 blunts a day, which is nuts to me. I don't know how you could function doing that. I'm sure he's not out here smoking the Reggie Miller or corn or anything like that. I feel like <laughs> Cat Williams gets some fine blood out here, but man, 20, that's when you're kind of like, okay, bro, I, I don't know. That's that's a little much, even for the Willie Nelsons and Snoop Dogg of the worlds. Yeah, that's why you're late to everything, dude. You're you're too high to even get up off the couch. My God, twenty a day. Yeah, that's that's you should have turned Bucky into our designated joint roller or comb packer in New Orleans a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make himself useful. God, how is that guy, man? Is he still bitching about what happened in New Orleans? How he can't wait to get a hotel the next time we do this, this and that. He's still he's still bitching about us making up the fucking angel of death that almost killed us as we were trying to get out of town. He thinks that was uh, he thinks that that was an exaggerated story. I'm like, no, that person really banged on the back of our car and terrified all of us except for you because you were aloof to the whole damn thing, which is evidenced by the fact that you thought it was going to be a good idea to go give some. Texas sports unfiltered shirts to the New Orleans homeless population. Oh, that was real. Like the goosebumps in my skin. I still feel them from that event because that's the last thing I'm trying to see in New Orleans. Those crazy cat crackheads under the bridge. I can still see that lack of face under the hood. Out the out of the uh, the rear view mirror, just that the eyes. All you see is <laughs> eyes and nothing else. Banging. I thought I thought because uh, we had the we had the car in park at that point, Trey, and you were behind the wheel. I thought you were going to go reverse and just run over that dude instead of go drive and speed away from him. I thought you were just going to take that guy out for doing what he did. Unfortunately, that would have turned into like a Terminator Two situation where his hands all of a sudden turn into like pickaxes, where he's like punching through the top of the car windshield and then taking us all out except for Bucky he would have let Bucky live because of those free t-shirts <laughs> he didn't get one that's why he was pissed and Bucky yeah. gave him the leather hobo he was mad he didn't get any so he was he was coming after Bucky no yeah great times man great times hey CB I saw this too man he asked, was LeBron Bank when he was trying to comb his ball head? I don't know if y'all seen that, fellas, but LeBron, he had a, 
I guess, post-game interview where he's in the locker room and his shirt's off and stuff, and he's just brushing his head like a normal brother would with hair, but we all know LeBron doesn't have much. So it's a weird sight. It's it, <laughs> it's a weird sight. It's kind of like, all right, LeBron, you know you're very memeable. So... <laughs> what the hell? God, is he growing hair back? Um, I mean, he he must have gotten, he's either doing, yeah, he's either doing some sort of liquid to get hair growth again, or he's actually had a full on transplant. Oh, he's definitely had a transplant before. I think he's trying to get rid of the remaining hair that he does have. He's trying to brush the follicles out of his scalp, I think. Well, it's it's weird just because. Again, there's nothing there. So the whole point of brushing your hair for the white folks that are listening right now that don't understand what's going on is to make it straight and as clean as possible. But if there's nothing there, you're just brushing skin. Yeah. You know, it's a weird look. Like, yeah, it's kind of like, that's right. It's kind of like a massage. I don't know. It's it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird look. It, it really he's, is. He's scraping his skin cells right there, dude. And he's he's brushing like he's got carrot top hair. <laughs> I mean, he's going all in on that. He's not like gentle. He's like like he's got a like knot in his hair. What is he doing? I don't know. I he's the same guy that I always question, like, why is he wear a do-rag? You know what I'm saying? Like Michael Penix with a purple do-rag, that makes sense. The brother has hair. The brother can develop waves maybe. And, you know, he's 24 years old. It makes sense. When LeBron wears a wave cap, it's just like, bro, you're just wasting fabric here. Like mm. you're, you're, I don't know what you're doing with that, man. It doesn't make much sense. I don't know. Maybe it's a comfort thing. Kind of like those weird kids you used to see at high school where it would be a hundred and some degrees and they would still rock the hoodie. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe something like yep. that, just a comfort thing. And I, I don't know, but yeah, people are clowning his ass. And it's been hilarious. Scalp's got to be on fire from that thing, dude. He's trying LeBron trying to brush his LeBrain in that is what it looks like. He's trying to go all the way in there. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> awesome. Good find. I had not seen that before at wow. all. That's is, that is spectacular. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, your thoughts on I don't know what you and Chip are going to get into. Uh, I also don't know what five minutes means anymore. I, <laughs> what time did he say five minutes? He said five minutes. One, one at o'clock. One at one o'clock. o'clock. It's been 13 minutes, Chip. There we go. Well done. Well done. All right. Uh, um, yeah. I was going to talk Trill uh, Carter. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask about that because Trey and I opened our show talking about Trill today. Your thoughts on uh, him apparently putting his name in the portal? Uh, It's unfortunate because we know that spot is very light right now with Byron Murphy and, you know, Javondre Sweat going to the NFL. We know Alfred Collins is coming back. Vernon Broughton still a question mark, but you would think with what Trill Carter buying into the – to the development with what Bo Davis is doing. Now, that that's what scares me now, fellas, because Trill Carter, does he see the writing on the wall that this whole Bo Davis to LSU thing is a little bit more real than everybody thinks it is? Because that's Bo Davis' alma mater. So if he's like, okay, Bo's a big part of my development and a big reason why I'm here in the 40 acres on the first place. And then Bo Davis dips out to go to Baton Rouge. It makes a lot of sense why Troy Carter has entered his name in the transfer portal. Now, I don't know. I'm just speculating here, but I would not be surprised if that went into his decision on trying to go elsewhere. And yeah, again, Texas, they're lighting the ass now at the interior defense position, especially when you're going to the SEC. That's the last thing you want to be so again wish the best for Trill Carter maybe he thought that coming from Minnesota he would have more opportunities to flash what he could do but again he had some pretty heavy hitters in front of him and Travandre Sweat and Byron Murphy Vernon Broughton Alfred Collins that rotation that four-man rotation that was the most consistent and Trill Carter Mm -hmm. he couldn't really be a part of that so 
you know, we never know with these guys when they enter their name in the transfer portal after all, but this does hurt Texas going into 2024. Yeah, I think there's a glass half full and a glass half empty way to look at it if you're a Longhorn fan, right? Glass half full is, well, maybe some of the young guys, Sadir Mitchell, Jare Bledsoe, like those guys just look good. And Trill Carter's worried about them jumping him on the depth chart, right? And he's like, oh, I might not get that much playing time, even though, T. Sweat and Byron Murphy are headed to the NFL. That's the glass half full, right? But the glass half empty is what you're talking about with Bo Davis. It's like, yeah, you're about to lose your defensive line coach, and uh, Trill Carter maybe wants to follow Bo Davis to LSU, or you know, he's just worried that whoever is the new D-line coach at Texas isn't going to be the same, and he's worried about his development as he tries to take his talents to the next level. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe it's that. Like that's the glass half empty thing. Is yeah, it's, there are plenty of reasons to connect Bo to LSU, and maybe Trill Carter realizes that uh, that that thing's probably going to happen. Yeah, I mean, all you could do is wish him the best. I mean, it was tough for him to get on the field this year, and we all thought that that was a big-time transfer. I mean, he was, what, honorable mention in the Big Ten in Minnesota? So he was getting some big-time tick there, and he did some good things for the Golden Gophers. And now you're at Texas, and you're seeing all the success. And, BK, yeah, I, I agree with you. You probably saw the writing on the wall on, you know, some of those other guys that are waiting their turn and says, oh, I probably won't be able to beat them out, so maybe I should go somewhere else to see what's up. And, yeah, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. That's kind of the nature of the beast with the transfer portal. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. Some guys are going to think they're slighted and not getting the opportunity to really showcase their talents and like i always say with chip like you never know what uncle larry's saying at the crib ignorant ass uncle larry that's talking all that shit that's 60 something years old and went to prayer view back in 1981 and thinks he was big shit there you know oh boy trill you don't know man these guys you better than them these guys, Andre Sweat, you better than him byron murphy y'all gonna do the same thing he does y'all's coaches don't know shit there's always that guy always that guy in your camp. You always got to watch out for that guy if you're an athlete. So again, just speculating here. We never know, but yeah, man, Trill Carter, he made this decision. Um, And we'll see if it works out for him. Hey guys, I got to cut out. I've got an interview coming up. Very good. See you at three. You too.